0: Yeah, you did. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, you did. Um, <laughs> Janice Brock on Patreon, thanks for the tea, Janice, says, uh, Ayana, congratulations on your award. Your work is lovely, so unique. Your paintings appear to have strong graphic lines and design. Do you decide the background graphics first and then add the figures, or do you choose the figure and add the background design in relation to the figure?
1: It's usually the latter, um, because I have to know a little bit about the story before I can incorporate the patterns. Because they have significance, you know, um, whether they're, like I said before, whether they're given, um, information about timing or settings, um, yeah, that, that image has a bigger piece of the puzzle. So that has to happen first.
0: Okay. Uh, Trevor Thomas on Instagram says, uh, how do your ideas for paintings begin?
2: Um,
1: how do they begin? Well, that I don't know because I
2: have
1: a practice of um, sketching. So, and, you know, I'm sure many artists do, where I just give myself time to just sketch. I also listen to and read a lot of books, so in my sketchbook, it's probably just as many words as there are images. And um, so, some of those ideas may begin to formulate, you know, months in advance before I actually go and you know decide to execute it. Um, And whether that comes from a current event, sometimes, um, or something I've read, a concept, a theory, and oftentimes it's actually me trying to understand why things are the way they are, or why we do what we do, and putting things in context. Um, So I do a lot of thinking, (laughs) and and then I just kind of go back and, and reference things that I've written and drawn and bring those back together to to execute an idea. Whatever feels right at that time,
0: you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Penny Mose, again, on Patreon says, do you make sketches of ideas for paintings before creating them? So, yeah, it's kind of the same, like mm-hmm. how you record your ideas, really. Do you make little thumbnail sketches to you? Yeah, I have down? to. Yeah. Voice, man, what do you do?
1: Yeah, I have to. Uh, I do all of that. <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I have I've spent some years where I was like trying to figure it out on canvas, and that life just did not work for me. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like um, playing with colors on the canvas, or playing with um, maybe an arrangement on the canvas. I have to. I say I'm like one of those superheroes that can jump through walls, but I. Have to know what's on the other side of the wall first before I can actually make that leap. Um, <laughs> so for me, um, yeah, recording, writing, drawing, sketching, and you know, doing that digital work is a big part of that process.
0: Right. Um, okay. Skip Road on uh, Patreon. Thanks for the tea, Skip says, Ayana, congratulations on winning the Bennett Prize. Your work is very strong and very deserving of recognition. How do you choose the images for your paintings? It looks like you're using vintage photos. Family and friends, maybe, question mark. And then also, Brooks Frederick on Patreon, thanks for the tea, Brooks, says, Love your work, Ayana, and congrats on the Bennett Prize. I'm struck by what seems to be a strong personal narrative in your paintings. They're filled with tenderness. Can you talk about how you choose your references? Are they family images or something else?
1: Yes. So a lot of them started as family images. I have this fascination with my family and family history. Um, And so I would spend a lot of time looking through the old photo albums that were at my grandmother's house. And asking questions about, you know, um, family history questions. So, for example, I was really fascinated, and I am really fascinated with the idea that my grandmother, um, her father was actually born into slavery. So that's right. not, it doesn't seem like that long ago, right, when you put it in context yeah. like that. Um, she's in her 90s, of course, and um, he was much older when she was born. Um So understanding that, were you going to say something?
0: Yeah, I was going to say, just say that again. So your grandmother's father, so your great-grandfather. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Wow. Yes. So I believe um, he was, again, he was young um, and then old, significantly older when uh, she was born. But, yeah, she's in her 90s now. So that feels like you know, that connection there. And there's so many yeah, yeah. stories between then and now. And you to think about everything that um the family gone through to get from one stage to the next stage. So I've I've always been fascinated with those types of stories. Stories about my grandmother's life. Um and um my mother and my my aunts and uncles and So it's just so much that that I look to in my family. But as I got a little bit more, um, as I evolved a little bit more, I started to make more connections with what was happening in my family in the context of what was happening in the country. So thinking about um, land ownership, you know, and how that was transferred, how land um, has been lost over the generations um, from many black landowners, um, thinking about economics, thinking about all of these things. And because I, you know, I, I know I don't know the answers to a lot of things, but I'd like to spend the time exploring and at least getting a better understanding. So one thing that I'll do um, is i like I said, I listen to a lot of books, and I might listen to a book on a topic that is particularly intriguing, that has a connection to, like, family history and um, in the context mm-hmm. of what's happening. Um, and then that kind of helps me to build the language around the work and helps me to um, gather more visual references. Um, so in the beginning, and even some now, there were a lot of family images. But then I started to take to um, collecting older photographs, too,
2: Um,
1: because there are things that maybe I didn't capture or, you know, you can see a picture and it reminds you of something that you heard about within your family or something that um, you've seen before. Um, So I may use images like that. And then I do a lot of um, kind of (laughs) taking pictures as I'm living life and then thinking, you know, kind of cataloging and thinking, I may come back to this like I did with the, the one student. Um, so in that sense, they are all very, very personal um, because I do have at least some sort of connection to everyone.
0: Yeah. Is that unusual or common, you know, what you're saying that you're, you know, you're great, for, great, great. Yeah. Your great grandfather was born into slavery. Was is that common, or you know, like among people that you know, or or is that unusual?
1: Um, I think it's unusual just because it's it's really about the the math here. <laughs> you have to find the right group of people who maybe have uh, grandparents that are in their nineties and
2: uh, right yeah,
1: and okay. who happen to have had a parent that were you know, much older when they it's, it's just and I you know, the the interesting thing about that I've been thinking about that is like it's kind of precious, you know. Um because I'm sure there are a limited number of people that have that wouldn't it be interesting to gather up all the memories that you could from that generation so that they could be yeah. preserved, you know? Um yeah. So that's interesting. I know, like with my family, my grandmother doesn't like to talk a whole lot about her earlier years, so that's that's kind of hard. um same is true with my aunt, and that's kind of a uh something we laugh about in the family it's like you can't really <laughs> it's hard to get information. <laughs> nobody wants to talk about those things
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah is is because it's painful for them, you think, or it's kind of it's so traumatic for them? Yeah, I imagine.
1: Um, because you think about the, I mean, it's so much to unpack there. I mean, you think about the emotional aspect of having a parent or grandparent who had that sort of experience, right? Um, but then there's also, I think, a lot of richness to to kind of glean from it, um so one of the great triumphs, I think, of my, if I have this right, and I hope I don't mess this up because I want to do my family proud, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it was my great-great-grandfather who was my great-grandfather's, you know, father, Yes. Um, he acquired hundreds of acres of land and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was the same land that they once worked on. So they did not have that period of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, sharecropping, like others may have had, right? Like my grandfather's side of the family, um, his parents were sharecroppers. So because they owned the land. Also, you know, you have the um, the Great Depression and other things that kind of impacted um, that period. But that's just that's really incredible. Um, and that I know I'm not the only one who has stories like that. Um, even my husband's family, um, he's shared some similar things. So, but these narratives are out there. And I just think it's, it's it's crucial that in any way we can record all of this information because this is all a part of our history, our collective history.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, Okay, do you work from life at all?
1: (laughs) In parts. (laughs) If there's a hand that I can't see... (laughs) I may have someone pose for me to help out with that. But I'm actually um you know the great thing about this uh the Bennett Prize in this new season. I'm playing around with what works best and what will give me the best results. So I am playing around with um you know having people pose for me, starting with my kids cuz you know they're here. Um, and
2: that'll you're help free. me <laughs> help
1: me to decide. <laughs> free? You know you're free? There there you know. you got <laughs> uh, It's heavily implied, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So I'm I'm playing around with what works best. What what can I do that will allow me to communicate? best what i'm wanting to say in my artwork without making compromises so i'm I'm giving myself a window of time to kind of play and and see what works
0: yeah yeah i meant to ask you that about the bennett prize was the prospect of a solo show where you like right i know exactly what i'm going to do or was it like once the dust had settled you were like oh okay i have got to have a solo show in two years
1: It's definitely the latter, <laughs> um, but I'm excited about it. Like I, ha- at one point, I, I did say I know what I'm doing next, you know, and I still want to do some of the things that um, were on my to-do list of things of images I wanted to paint, um, because I think that's important in the process. You got to get it out to get to the next thing, you know. You can't like skip steps. <laughs> um, at the same time, yes, I'm like okay two years and I want it to be a a worthy show. I want it to be my best. And so to do that, um that means I have to give myself some time to explore and not just yes. do what I've already done but you know, allow the gifts of time to sink in and, and grow and develop something something good.
0: Something that <laughs> Did, oh, I said something? something good. That was a that was or something good. <laughs> ah, that was a uh yeah. <laughs> It sounded like you said so uh, something bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sounds like something that was. <laughs> All right. <That's> um, <laughs> Matab Mahamadi in California says, "Do you use Photoshop for making your compositions? Love your paintings." So kind of I not in You don't.
1: No, not Photoshop. I use um, Procreate.
2: Oh. Yeah.
1: I was at a workshop once um, a few years back, and it was during the time I was in the process of moving, so all of my supplies were packed up, and me thinking it's just a regular workshop where you go and listen. They wanted us to make something, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm like, I'm going to unpack. <laughs> so, uh there was a young lady there. And she was super sweet. And she was like, oh, just make something digital. And so she showed me how to use Procreate. And the heavens opened up. It was like, oh. And so now I use Procreate to, like, um, map out a little bit better. So, again, I'm not um fumbling through my art as I'm making it. Um, and it's just a great way to kind of rearrange things and play with composition and, and um you know, kind of problem solved.
0: Right. So, And have you used Photoshop or, and you just find you prefer Procreate? Because I have used both, and I find Procreate good for drawing but not good for compositing and layers and moving stuff around. I find that it's a bit fiddly. <laughs> hmm.
1: Well, okay, so the answer to the first part, have I used Photoshop for that? No, I can't say that I have, not to that extent. But for me, um I use Procreate on the iPad so and I do the layers, and I do the the you know, all the manipulation of the images and things. So I don't know, it just works for me.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Is Photoshop yeah. easier?
0: Um you it's think? easier for me, but then I started well well I I don't use Photoshop, I use Gimp which is like an open source for you know mm-hmm. it's very similar to Photoshop. Um, and I'm, I'm just used to it. So okay. the to when I w- was using Procreate, um, I was like, yeah, this is okay, but I can do this much easier and more, you know, I'm not um, pr- more precisely. I can do it more precisely because I'm not relying on ha- when my finger comes off the thing that that's where it's supposed to stay. You know what I mean? When you like with with Procreate, I found like when you're moving something around. It's almost like hit, a little bit hit or miss when you take your finger away that it will stay where you <laughs> put it. Okay. It might move a tiny bit, yeah. You know?
1: Do you use a pin with it ever?
0: Yeah, I do, okay. yeah.
1: Cool. Well, I have to I have to check out Gimp, you said?
0: Gimp, yeah, G-A-M-P. Yeah, oh, yeah. I have still, to look at it it's, okay. it's
2: free. Okay. <laughs>
0: free. Yeah, because Photoshop is... I had Photoshop, and then it went out of date, and then they wanted... More money than I wanted to give them for it. I was like, I'm sure there's a an open source version of this. There's an open source version of everything.
1: Yeah, and then Procreate was like, I don't remember five ninety nine, nine ninety nine, something like that. And um, mm. yeah, yeah, it's been working. But yeah, I'll check out something else. because it's always great to know uh, there are other things out there.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. Do you do color studies or value studies before you start on the bigger painting? Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> I okay, used That was,
0: to a, a, was like the most cautious. Weird, that's <laughs> the most cautious answer to that question I think I've ever. Had.
2: <laughs> <laughs> why why do you say that?
0: Well, it's usually either yes or no. <laughs> it's like I was asking you're in the witness box, and I was asking you. So, where were you on the night of the fifth? Were you there or not?
2: Well, no, maybe it? I was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it makes me every. It, it makes me think of something, you know. So, I'm, when you ask that question, my answer is yes, but I also thought about when that changed because it used to not always be a yes. And I okay. remember. um I don't remember if it was like a former professor or a classmate once that said something like, You just put colors anywhere <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> but I realized, you know, over the years that um and certainly for the work I do now, color is so important for what I'm doing. Like it's a lot of color in there. It has to it has to drive together well. <laughs> so, um so yes is the answer. And it's
0: a firm yes. Okay. <laughs> 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 um, right, Penny Mose again says, what's your preferred medium and then what's your preferred substrate? So by medium, um, right. I'm, I'm guessing she means acrylic or oil or watercolor or because we'll get to other mediums in a minute. Okay. Um,
1: preferred is oil. I work with acrylic um, as well as oil, however, and my preferred substrate has... It has really been, you know, the standard canvas but I am playing with various substrates right now too. And the reason because here's here's the thing, the reason was I needed something that was um accessible. And as you pointed out, I live in McDonough, Georgia. And we have like Hobby Lobby and Michaels, right? <laughs> And if I want something more, I have to go to Atlanta, which is not far. It's like 25, 30 minutes, fine, or have a shift. But when I wanted something, I kind of wanted it when I wanted it. And so I like being able to stretch my own canvases. Um, So at least, you know, like that I could control. I started playing around with making my own cradles um, a while back. But ultimately, I I stuck with using um, canvases. But I am now playing around with, like, the gesso board because I want something that I can get at a bigger size. Um, But I'm just wanting to see what gives me the best effect. So I'm still growing and playing with, with materials in LA.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, Okay. Yeah, you, that's right. I knew there was a question in my head. Um, you said <laughs> acrylic and oil, so you mix them on the same canvas.
1: I'm gonna put um, my underpainting as acrylic um, for the pattern for the print, and then um, put oil over it.
0: Okay. Is there what's your what's your reason for that?
1: Well, because depending on the print, um, I need it to dry a little bit faster um, to put whatever design over it. Um, Also, it depends on how detailed it is. You know, you can kind of control the spread of acrylic a little bit better. Um, And sometimes getting that richness of color, it's helpful to have a layer of that acrylic underneath. Right. Mm-hmm. so that's Good. that's why i do that and yeah. i don't even remember when i started doing that or how i so much upon
0: that but um it 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 works yes it does <laughs> 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 um so with the oils and the acrylic but with the oils specifically, do you have a particular type of medium that you like to use
1: um brands or mediums no, like, with the with the
0: oil. Yeah, like stand oil or walnut oil or peanut oil. Is peanut? Oil? I don't think people. Use
1: no, oil. no. I don't. I don't. I don't use a lot of mediums with my, um, with the oil
0: tape. And what about solvent? Are you a solvent or no solvent person?
1: I am, but I'm weaning off of it.
0: So. <laughs> Trying to cut down on solvents. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Um. Your family had an intervention. <laughs> no. i'm <laughs> Trying to cut uh, down on the solvent, mom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's nothing like that. I think here's the, here's the truth of the matter. I'm as I learn things, I'm trying to apply things, right? So as I'm learning of um possible better ways to do things, cleaner ways to do things, I try them, you know, whether or not it'll stick, I don't know, um, but I'm just giving it a go, um, and truthfully, <laughs> if you ask me these questions in a few months, next year, it may be a completely different answer, because like I said, um, I literally came back, and I, although I have three paintings, that I'm finishing up, I'm kind of like giving myself a clean slate. Play. Like, I'm playing around. I'm trying to see. I'm wanting to fill in the gaps for things I don't already know, first of all. And I yeah. want to see what works best. Not what what works best based on the parameters I had to work within before, whether it was because of a limit, limitation of time or resources or whatever, but what works yeah. best.
2: So that's why these answers are kind of (laughs) like i don't
0: know we'll see yeah and i imagine like just (laughs) just uh being around uh 10 artists who have quite different ways of going about things just hanging out with them but like that's a big download of information even just like looking at the work up close yeah that's gonna i imagine it would have made you kind of uh, I mean, I know it was like that for me. Just even looking at the pictures of them, like, oh, yeah. okay, I never really thought about doing it that way or this way or that's interesting. Because uh, each uh, person had a particular, a different way of going about things. Mm-hmm.
2: They did,
1: and and that was incredible to see. Um, some things I have, like I've asked um, a couple of people. I was asking, well, no. I, I I'm thinking about Pan Maya and her work, and um, my friend mm-hmm. and I were standing there. My friend Maggie came, and we were looking at the painting, like looking at the surface quality, like how in the world she <laughs> <It's> so
2: smooth. <laughs> um,
1: so there are things like that that I have certainly been thinking about, um, but then there are also things that I was already thinking about that, again, limitations did not necessarily allow me the the luxury of going forward with it. Um, I was working, I was teaching full-time, and usually I had a part-time job and painting, and so, you know, it was not, I didn't give myself a lot of time to just explore and play and skip this just to see what happens. Let's try this just to see how it goes. So that was the first gift I wanted to give myself um, after, you know, finding out that i have won is I wanted to give myself, and I want to give myself that gift of just exploring. Because there's a lot I did, you know, a lot of gaps in my learning because I did not come to art the traditional way. Um, so... There's a lot a lot for me to explore,
0: yeah, yeah. will you continue to teach? Is that part of the plan or not?
1: No, I'm actually not i um I am a full time officially full time artist now, um at least for the next two years. I yeah. hope <laughs> my hope is that it continues after that, um but if nothing else, I'm you know certainly going to live the dream. Um, during that time period, I will continue to teach part time. Probably, like I, I teach classes on my own part time. That was one of the things that I did before, and so I'll, I'll likely um, continue to do that. But the the time of being able to devote myself to to this work and um, is just it's the greatest gift anyone can get. Um, and I think any artist feels that way.
2: <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah, brilliant. Um, okay. Do you have a favorite type or make of brush or palette knife that you like to use?
1: Um, no, not yet. I, when it came to came and comes to brushes, I. <laughs> At one point was hard on brushes, but I learned to slow down and take better care of my brushes. So I had, I went and I bought several packs of like really nice brushes that were on clearance when Um, I think through like, it was either Blick or Jerry's, Park, Rama. Uh, anyway, and I still have those. So I'm going to um probably get some new brushes here soon. Um and start thinking a little bit more about the brand and, you know, what I want to get from the brushes. Um, yeah. So that's that. And same thing with oil paints. I've been I've worked a lot with the Windsor and Newton just because of consistency and accessibility, you know. Um, but I've gotten more into gambling and, um, yeah, so that's been working well.
0: Very good. How do you check yourself as you're working? You know, like some artists will use the mirrors a lot. They'll turn the painting upside down. They'll take photos on their phone. They'll be squinting. They'll be jumping back and forth. They'll get some friends in to give them some critiques. What sort of things do you do?
1: I take pictures a lot, and I'll leave the room, and they'll be going to another room and look at the pictures, come back. Um, if I still can't see straight... <laughs> I will sometimes ask for a second opinion because <laughs> there are plenty of opinions in this house. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the photographs usually works best for me.
0: Okay, so you <laughs> take a photograph, but you don't look at it. You leave so the, the room, and then you look at it.
1: Yeah, as well.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: I try okay. to do that,
0: yeah. So you'll put because it on I'll find on top.
1: myself, like, looking at the picture and looking up.
0: Yeah, so you'll put the the photo you just took on top of your reference and sort of make it opaque and go back and forth kind of thing? Is that what you mean?
1: No. Um.
2: I don't know how you got that.
0: (laughs) Okay, how do you use Procreate? I'll I'll just shut up.
1: (laughs) No, for, for fixing things. Like if I... Take a picture of what I'm working on and um, go to Procreate. This is not just to look at it. This is like when I want to figure out how to get it right. Um, Procreate lets me go in and kind of draw on top of the picture that I'm working on. Okay. And, and
0: I can like, oh, okay,
1: that's where the adjustment needs to be made.
0: So. Okay. Well, what I was talking about with what I do sometimes is I'll take a picture of the painting and I'll put it as a layer on top of my reference and then I'll what's it called opacity so I can you can slide the opacity so you can make the Mm -hmm. photo I've just taken transparent so I can see through and then it's pretty obvious where I've drifted (laughs)
1: that's a good idea I don't know I don't think I've ever done it quite like
2: that but yeah, that that makes sense
0: yeah the trick, if you're listening, is <laughs> to make sure you take your picture very square, because it's quite easy to take a distorted picture, mm-hmm. <laughs> particularly if your if your drawing is drifted, mm-hmm. you know, if you if your camera's slightly skewed or key-sound one way or the other, then you then it's it's going to look wrong anyway. Yeah. What kind of yeah. lighting setup? Do you, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What kind of lighting setup do you have in your studio?
2: Um, I just have
1: the uh, overhead lighting. I have a little lamp. Um, and I have a thick window. So I have a lot of natural light. I am actually in the process of moving to a larger studio space that has even more natural light. So that's going to be great. Um, but I do a lot of work. Um, and, you know, in the early mornings, in the evenings. So um, just having good lighting in general is really important.
0: Right. Um, will this be the first time you've had a studio out of your home?
1: Oh, it's not going to be out of the home.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
2: <laughs> the, the, digger, the new?
1: If only, yeah, um, there's actually a little spot. I think I might have mentioned this before when we talked. Like three miles away. And I thought, oh, that would be perfect. But then I reached out yeah, and yeah. They said they don't have anything available. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, but where we live, we actually have plenty of space. I just wanted to see yeah. how <laughs> Um So um, in the basement level, we have a partially finished basement with high ceiling. And so oh, there's nice. this really big space that was originally going to be like a little gym of sorts but now we're going to convert it to a a studio so I have outdoor access from there so that'll make it easy for bringing in materials and maybe even having um, a model for two come in and, and pose for me so it works out great it really does um and sometimes that's just how it is you know you may have an idea of what you want but um as long as I have the time to work on it I could stay where I am and be fine, but because I want to work on bigger pieces, um, that's going to be crucial.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, What, if anything, do you listen to as you work?
1: I listen to um, your podcast, for one. I listen to. Of course, uh, you do. (laughs) No, I really do. (laughs) Honestly, Uh, not just saying that. I listen to a lot of books like, a devour book. So I was actually going to post, because I have to think about what I'm going to put on social media, because it's, like, pulling teeth for me. Um, I was going to post an uh, uh, inquiry. You have to think
0: about it, because I missed that. Why do you, why do you have to think about it? Cause it...
1: It's, like, pulling teeth, meaning, you know, it's just, it's hard.
0: <laughs> Posting on social media?
1: Yeah, because I'm a high-functioning introvert, so I have to, like, give myself... <laughs> you know the uh whatever time to process what i'm going to do or say and all of that
0: yeah right, right. <laughs> um high functioning introvert that sounds like a title is it is that something you've worked out or like did you just come up with that yourself or did you take it I you?
1: No no i i just self-proclaimed
0: <laughs> <laughs> self-proclaimed that's even better <laughs> High-functioning introvert, yeah, very good.
1: <laughs> but you know what I mean, like, I can do things, but after I do it, <laughs> I'm probably going to go somewhere and, and crawl into a corner, um, but no, so like with social media stuff, I have to like map it out, um, but yeah, I was going to send out a little inquiry asking for a book recommendation, um, because I've pretty much plowed through all of the ones I can think of, Um, But I listen to a lot of books about, um, I don't know, the marketing books, sales books, art business books, um, books on topics dealing with uh, race, books on history, books on self-help books. You know, I I listen to a lot of books, um, and occasionally I listen to music. I find that I listen to music only when I'm at the point where I'm like, I need to go I need to keep working a little bit longer than is my usual comfort level until I like listen to music to kinda hype me up to keep going. <laughs> so, um but other than that it's usually voicing.
0: Okay. All right, so if you're listening and you have a book in mind that you think would be great for Ayana to listen to, she'd <laughs> just love to hear about it. <laughs> on her social media. <laughs> Social media or just email you? That's just email you. That's probably better. You think so? Because um, on uh, social media,
1: people will see what was already listed.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. That's much more intelligent.
1: So let me think. give you an idea of books I've already read. I've already read Educated. I've already – I can't remember the author. Is that was a really good book. Um, cast, anything with Isabel Wilkerson. So I like, I like fiction, but I like historical fiction.
2: So, yeah. Okay.
1: And it's really exciting when it's time to get up and go paint. And I know that I have, like, a little bit left of a book, and I'm at a really good part. Like, oh, hell, I need to go. <laughs> 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 How that book is going to end. Um, yeah. So that's, that's motivating. What do you listen to when you paint?
0: I don't listen to anything anymore. Really? Yeah, I stopped. Because I'm painting, when you were saying you don't, you have to know what's on the other side of the wall. I'm at, I'm kind of, because ex- I've I've sort of done that, and now I'm kind of exploring, jumping through the wall without that, knowing what's on the other side.
1: Wow. And
0: to to do that, I I, ha- I can't be distracted. I have to really be with whatever's going on for me and
2: mm-hmm. the
0: painting, and yeah, just find listening to stuff is too. Even music is, just takes me away from that. So really
1: nice
0: yeah yeah uh yeah 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 um you were saying that about the audiobooks i have um my brother's wife has a longish commute to work and she she listens to books and he said the number of times like he's heard the car pull up car pull up you know but she's arrived home from work and half an hour later, she's still in the car. <laughs> she hasn't yeah. got out of the car because she's listening to the book. She's like, hang on, it's a really good bit. I'll you know, be in in a minute.
2: <laughs> I know that line. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you know, what I was asking about the testing thing for the introvert thing is there's a lot of, I don't know, it's all abbreviated, I-N-S, something other, yes. you know, pe- I'm people can take. Are oh, you familiar? What is that? What is that? I don't ion- know them
2: all.
1: I yeah. don't know them all. I know my kids know them. Um, yeah, they are very uh, into that. Um, the teenagers, the girls. Uh, um Yeah. The, so yeah. they they told me I am something. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm
0: kinda like, Okay, um whatever. whatever. <laughs> I think it was about six six or seven years ago, I, it was the first time I heard of social anxiety. I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. I read a bit about it. I was like, oh, that sounds that's ringing the bell. Right. And then there was a test. There's a free test you can take. And I scored incredibly high, like 97% something. I was mm-hmm. like, like, according to this, I've got really bad social anxiety. <laughs> wow. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I don't have any problem with social media. Like, that's easy for me. So, it's
1: so... It's interesting, right? Like, you have to you figure out, with or without the name, like, the name kind of might confirm some things sometimes, but you figure out where you fit and what works for you. Um, Yeah. If you listen to yourself and if you, you know, are observant enough of what's going on around you. So, like, I noticed that for me, teaching um, was very, it, 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 it's very defeating. Like, <laughs> after I have a day of teaching, I would usually come home and either sit on the sofa for a while. And it took a certain amount of time for me to kind of just come back to myself um, yeah. or lay out on a yoga mat.
2: <laughs>
1: because yeah. it, 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 it does, it, it goes against um, social Truly, and to some extent, you know, of course, I love the kids, but it goes against some part of my nature, that natural way that I function. Um, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've I've heard other people who are you know, describing themselves as introverts as you know, like it's kind of classic introvert thing that it that just being around people is draining.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like if you're an extrovert, being around people gives you energy, and if you're an mm-hmm. introvert, it's the opposite. You know,
1: it's the opposite. I remember telling someone um in the height of the pandemic, uh, they were talking about how hard it was for them. <laughs> Socially story missing yeah. people and I was like ah oh, you see how I feel every other
2: day <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah it's
0: so true so um then that the Bennett prize then would have been perfect for you not too many people just you know I imagine or would it, if there was if that place had been packed with people would so you have no, that no, much harder yeah well I mean so can I but am <laughs> like like high
1: functioning <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can, as, as long as I have my mindset for it, I don't, you know, I can, Yeah. I'm fine. I, I just, um, and I do a lot of kind of like visualizing what things are going to be like ahead of time, kind of, um, you know, working through it, thinking about okay, well, if I, I know I'm going to be doing this today, then beforehand I'm probably not going to do anything at all. And for the next day. <laughs> after, yeah. You know, so that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a bit like that with, um, I find social things are hard to do spontaneously. You know, like mm-hmm. my wife comes home and goes, oh, let's go and do this thing. It's like, okay, give me about half an hour to just change gears so yeah. I can get ready to, do that, to go and do that.
1: Yeah. Yep, I, I can definitely relate to that. But um, it's kind of cool, you know, as we get to a place where you just know yourself enough to know what works and, and what doesn't or how to make things work. It's, it's really it's nice to be that in touch with, for me anyway. Yeah. That in touch
0: with. Yeah. What I found with reading about, say, the social anxiety stuff and then scoring really highly was um, I found it just was very compassionate. It was like, oh, okay, because, you know, <laughs> when I kind of grew up in the 60s and was told I was shy and was mm-hmm. like, you know, my mother was not like that at all. My parents were not like that at all, um, particularly my mother. So it was it was always like a, a feeling that there's something wrong with me. So I found reading about it and kind of going, oh, okay, so there's a lot of other people who are mm-hmm. like this as well, and it's a, it's a nervous system thing. It's not a personality Law, it's just yeah. the way your nervous system is configured, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just think things are a threat that are not. So yeah. you're in a party where everyone's having a great time and you feel like you're being attacked or something, you know. That's certainly the way I experience that, anyway. Um, <laughs> so it's like, oh, that's just your nervous system is miscued on the, on what's actually happening.
1: You know, and I think books have opened up my mind in that way a lot, you know, like that that exposure to. Oh, there are other people that are like this and they have a name for it. Or um, even with art, there are other people who think and function like this and, and they're called artists, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I, I think uh, books are great, you know, in opening up uh, another world to us that maybe otherwise we wouldn't encounter.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've been enjoying Ken Honda's book about money. It's called Happy Money. It's just while well, we're. I'm going okay. to be How much happy that down. Happy Money. And then I I'm actually reading another book called Happy Money as well, but it's completely different authors, but that's pretty good as well. Okay. Really those kind of those two are very good. Yeah. That's a good for the yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have other art ones. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I'll send them through afterwards.
2: Okay. That sounds great.
0: Um right, now quite a few questions about patterns. Kathy uh, Lindert on Patreon again says, um What significance do the various patterns play in your work? Penny Miles, again on Patreon, says, How do you decide on the patterns that you place? They work together so well and yet are seemingly different. And Skip Rhodes on Patreon says, Your work uh, is an interesting combination of of volumetric figures set against geometric shapes and flat patterns. It's as if the environment that the figures are in is built out of pieces of patterned cloth that have been collaged together. How did this style come about? Uh, do the shapes and patterns have special meaning, or are they chosen for their visual appeal? And then Lakeisha T. Reed on Patreon, thanks for the tea, Lakeisha, says, um, I read that Iana has a background in fashion. Are the patterns in her work from existing textiles or from ones that she's created?
1: That's a good question. I do think that the my affinity for patterns comes from my my history in, in fashion design. I did a little bit of work um, with illustrations of patterns. Um, but I also remember seeing the the different artwork that artists would bring into the 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 design companies that they would sell for prints and I I was really struck by that. So I think there's a place for that. I think um I also have just my passion for textiles. I've done a little bit of work kind of playing around with um, like collage work with with fabrics. So um, I think the way it began was, again, wanting to put in different parts of the story that kind of mimics the way I think. Um, but I didn't want to continue to do that Textile collage type thing, um, and then it's like struck me one day like I can actually paint it and draw it, but that seems tedious.
2: Who <laughs> <So laughs> would want to do that?
1: But <laughs> I just but I just started and I started small. I did I used to paint a lot of florals too, and I always wanted them in the painting somehow. Um, so it took a while, you know, to kind of find the right fit. Um, and I think um, just thinking about. Quilting and quilt art—all of those things played a role in like trying to figure out how to get these patterns and prints in there.
2: Um,
1: for me, when I look at a particular pattern, I'm thinking about, you know, what I associate that with. Um, whether it is a time period, like I said before, or whether it's a particular thing. What it might be something it just reminds me of. Um, a place in time that maybe no one else, you know, seemingly has that same association. Um, but maybe they do. I don't know. So I, I try to bring those types of things together. Um, trying to make sure I'm covering all the questions. <laughs> so I will collect images of patterns. I'll sometimes take pictures of things that I'll see in passing. Um, sometimes I will, I think I have like on the wall, um, I have some tracing paper that I drew very meticulous patterns on. And I was using that and collaging it on the canvas for a while. But that took up way too much time. I like, it's got to be a better way. And then eventually I just started um, painting um, my own patterns on. And I'll I'll have some days where I just kind of sit and draw patterns. But I'll also um, reference and pull patterns from various things that I see that I like. But, yes, they do have meaning. Um... For so whatever the image is, I select patterns based on whatever I'm trying to tell more about that particular piece. Um, I'm trying to think of one example that might have been visible to people, but like the little girl at the desk again. And so some of the, I know on there, one of the, the patterns is like the tile on the school floor um, is one of the patterns you're seeing there. Uh, another pattern on there is that wood grain pattern that I like to use a lot because for me, that is a connection to home. That's what I associate with home. Um, when I was in my when I was much younger, uh, we lived, like I said, in in Backstreet, Georgia, which is a small town. Um, and the house that we lived in, my grandfather actually built, and it had, and I know during that time, you know, a lot of people had that wood grain pattern. And so, for some reason, it just, it's, that's what I associate with home. Uh, and I, I stumbled upon it actually doing a commission for someone else. And it had that same wood grain in the background. I was like, I know that. <laughs> you know, and it yeah, just kind yeah. of gave me that sense. So, um, that's what I use for that. So, it just depends on what the pattern is and what image is paired with. I'm trying to tell a story or talk a little bit more about that image through those prints and patterns.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever get that with smells? You know, you sort of walk into somewhere and you get a particular smell and suddenly you're, you know, back in your childhood. Yeah, yeah,
1: I do. I know exactly what you mean.
0: Uh, Eileen Kennedy on Instagram says, I love the way you juxtapose the fully turned forms of your figures with a variety of patterned grounds. The result is something so strong that it makes me believe that these are not just random patterns that you choose but it's something as close to your heart as the people you portray. Can you talk about that? Thanks for making these heartfelt paintings. So you kind of covered it, but is there anything else that is triggered by Eileen's question?
2: No,
1: but I, I appreciate that comment, and um, I don't know. I, I'm so happy that the sense of things being personal and heartfelt kind of resonates, and right. I... Um, I don't know, maybe I, I don't. I would love to hear more about, you know, um, i love to hear people, other thoughts about the work when they see it and, and what connection they feel like they have. But I think that that's part of the reason why those patterns are important and, um, you know, those associations are important because it, it is a kind of a common ground that we can all kind of connect to. So one piece I'm working on now, it has that – 70s work tiling on it. And um, even though for me it might take me to um, a particular
0: place, I hope that it
1: likewise continues to resonate with others.
0: Yeah. Do you find patterns soothing?
1: Yes. So it's Mm -hmm. like um, when it's time, it's like almost like a meditation. When it's time to paint that part of the picture, my mind can go to a different place versus when you're painting the figures. Once you already have the patterns mapped out, and it might be some tedious stripes to paint for, <laughs> like these tiles that I'm, I'm going to start painting that I completely underestimated. Um, but once I get started and I know um, everything's drawn out and maybe the color, you know, I've labeled it for coloring, I can rest my mind and just kind of go through and do the work and listen to a good long book
2: <laughs>
1: or uh you know nothing or just you know but it, it, it yeah that's a good point it does it does.
0: yeah well just when you were talking about um floor tiles kitchen floor tiles 70s kitchen floor tiles like i can remember as a kid like tracing the pattern of the f- linoleum actually i think it was on the floor or even on the carpet, like with my mind, like mm-hmm. maybe with my finger as well, and finding that very soothing. Doing that, so that's what made me. Uh, yeah, under- because with. If you found the same.
1: I do, and and with all of them, when it's something that. It's like the first step is trying to figure out a pattern, right? Figuring not just in general what pattern to to create, but once you have that pattern, what is the pattern within the pattern? It's like a little puzzle. So where's the repeat? How do you mimic that in a way that, you know, lets everyone know what you're working on and and helps them to see it the same way? How do I pull out the essence of what it is for everyone to understand? So that's a step. Then once you you have that pattern, just following that pattern, it's so, I don't know, it is very soothing. Mm. And, um, I've never really thought of it that way, but it is. And so now, when I'm spending hours doing it, I'll
0: think about that. (laughs) Um, You're never (laughs) never tempted to. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You're never tempted to uh, use a stencil, are you?
1: I make stencils. Yeah. I. um, It just depends on what it is. Um, Sometimes I'll make my own stencil. Um, which is, you know, that's a process too. <laughs> or yeah. I'll make a stamp. Um Oh, yeah. But most often it's something I draw out and paint. Yeah. But I do, I try to think about what's the most efficient way to do this. <laughs> um, yeah. But
0: oftentimes it still ends up if I'm drawing it out and and going for it. Yeah, I find the sort of patterns that have a kind of fractal quality, meaning you know, like you start off and you sort of there's one little pattern, and then there might be in a group of four, let's say, Mm -hmm. and then as you go back, that group of four may forms another pattern. Um, and then those groups of fours are in groups again. You know, so as you as you pull back, the you know there's, you can zoom in and out on the pattern. I find those really, yeah, <laughs> they're probably the, the most. I don't know. I don't know whether soothing is the word, but they the most engaging. Like I'll be sort of going in and <laughs> right <laughs> for ages.
1: Yeah, and I remember when I first started working a bit with patterns, I had to build up the stamina to work on something that long. And I'm still, you know, working on that. But, and especially from listening to so many other artists who have been, who were trained to do that. Like, again, I came, I took the scenic route here. So (laughs) (laughs) I had to learn a lot of things on my own. Um, So learning to build up that stamina and learning to get the benefit of that and just like, like, yes, it's going to probably take me a week just to do that one section, but
2: it's worth it, right? (laughs) Yeah, so soothing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you're thinking to yourself, God, I'm really enjoying this podcast. I've just done a few now, and they're brilliant, and there's so many of them. And I've learned so much from listening to them. And you know what? If I met that John Dalton fellow in real life, I'd love to buy him a cup of tea and have a chat with him. I'd love to do that every month if I could. Well, now you can. The tea part, at least, because this podcast runs on cups of tea, bought for me by people like you who listen to the podcast and send me the price of a cup of tea once a month through the Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash John Dalton, gently does it. All All one word. And if you're one of those people who already send me cups of tea through Patreon, thanks a million. The tea is lovely, and I really appreciate it. Now, the great thing is that if you can't afford to send me the price of a cup of tea or you don't want to, that's fine. You still get exactly the same podcast for free. It's sort of an honor system where the people who can afford it and want to pay for the people who can't or don't want to. So it's all lovely. So if you'd like to send me a cup of tea once a month, you can do that through Patreon. I'd really appreciate it. It makes a huge difference to me. Uh, Okay, Skip Road again says, um, many of your figures are recognisable individuals. It seems to me that the paintings are not really about them as individuals, more like they're playing a role or standing in as representatives for a much wider group of people. Is this right, and can you discuss it?
1: Yes, that's right. And I so appreciate you saying that because, um, I love that. I love hearing that others are able to see it that way. Um, again, trying to think of, uh, another good example. Well, I'll stick with the same one because I don't know. I'll, I don't know what all images, you know, people have seen of my work, but, um, the little girl, again, representing the student, right, um, and it was literally a student of mine. That I was not trying to have it to be a particular person, but represented representative of a group. Um, another example, um, even with, you know, and it's funny because for the the show, the Rising Voices too for the Bennett Prize, um, all of the paintings that they selected were all little girls, <laughs> so. Likewise for all of those. Um, it's a couple that I recently painted. Um it's the same thing. They they are reminiscent of, you know, like the um uh, the matriarch and patriarch of a of a family, like the foundation of a, a community. And um my husband walked in and he saw this painting when I first started working on it. He was like, Oh, that reminds me of my my uh grandfather and grandmother is that good (laughs) that's good um i'm glad it reminds you of (laughs) someone so i appreciate when i hear comments like that because that is that is what i want um for it to remind us of something um because i i just believe that in looking back it helps us to understand where we are um
0: and how we're going to continue to forge forward. Righto. <laughs> um, Davy in Georgia says, it's wonderful to see a fellow Georgia artist get recognized with such a prestigious award, exclamation mark. How has growing up there influenced your art? Do you have any uh, local inspirations or influences? Congratulations, Davy. And then Susan Cartledge on Patreon, thanks for the tea, Susan, says I'm really I'm really enjoying your work, Ayana, and thank you, Mr. Dalton, for all your fabulous interviews. Looking forward to this one. You're very welcome, Susan. Ayana, having lived in Central Georgia, and then she has in brackets Macon, I'm assuming that's a little town, (laughs) uh, for many many years. um, Aside from possible trips to High in Atlanta. From where, as a child, did you receive your early inspirations? Good question. Uh, Georg- Georgia questions, yeah.
1: Yeah, Georgia questions. Hello, everybody from Georgia. Um, I did not, you know, the first time I went to the High Museum, which is in Atlanta, as mentioned, I was in high school. I was a senior in high school. And um, my dad went on a field trip with me, and we went to the High. And it was. I just remember it being a very memorable trip. But that was my first time going to, um, that I recall, going to a museum. It, it may have been that maybe we visited someone and went to one, but I don't recall. Um, so childhood, no, there was not a lot of art. <laughs> I mean, my mom sold home interior, which was that, uh, you know, the kitschy artwork <laughs> that was um, sold in, in groups with those sconces and all of that. So she used to tell that. So I, I see some of that artwork. Um, and uh, my dad, I think I might have mentioned this, you know, he brought home a print of a William Johnson painting once. Um, so I remember seeing those. I don't even honestly know. I thought about this once. I don't know where I got the idea that I wanted to be a fashion designer. I have no idea where that came from Other than, <laughs> <laughs> other than like, you know, I remember um they bought that that encyclopedia set that they would sell door to door, maybe something was in one of those. <laughs> um, but I do remember I just always loved to draw little people in dresses, and I could remember exactly how I used to draw them, and I remember the revelation of a neck and a neckline. <laughs> um, so early inspiration. Were just those things, you know, maybe the, the kitschy art or or, or the uh, William Johnson painting or nature or the people around me. Um, um, my, I have two aunts that actually exposed me a lot to textiles and sewing. Um, so that stuff, but the fine arts, I did not know a lot about that. And um, that was definitely something that I had to grow into understanding in my adult life. Um, so in terms of early influences, I I don't know art-wise um, that I had a lot as a kid. Um, the other part of the question, I'm trying to remember. Oh, um, but local artists that I came to know over the years um, – again, in adulthood that have been an inspiration to me. As I mentioned earlier, you know, I'm talking about creative heroes. Um, Bo Bartlett. Uh, Charlie Palmer is an Atlanta-based artist, and he's definitely someone um, who does some amazing work that I admire. Um, Tracy Morell is another artist. She stood out to, or stands out to me because uh, when I moved back to Georgia about, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, um, and I started to have the idea that this was something that I wanted to pursue, um, she and I were in a show together, and I just spoke with her briefly, and I talked to her about her work because I loved it. And she started to mentor me, and she talked to me. You know, uh, we talk over the phone occasionally. And she talked to me about goals and um, what that life looks like, and you know, and and at, at that point I had not had that type of real life exposure. So uh, yeah, you know, I I've learned that listening to people, connecting with people, re- relationships are really important, right? Because sometimes just a, a small bit of information that someone else can offer you that you otherwise would not have can open up a door of possibilities that you just otherwise would have not known about.
0: So. And then uh, Davey was saying how uh, has growing up in uh, Georgia influenced your art?
1: Um, I think that that family connection um, being so close to um, aspects of my family history and Being able to kind of explore that area of intrigue, and um, I think that's been important. Um, The visuals have inspired me. Um, A lot of the imagery that I have incorporated into my work stems from things that I saw or experiences, as best as I can recall them, um, experiences I've had from my childhood um, in Georgia. Um, and and it's funny because, you know, in my younger years, I was so busy trying to get away from
2: Georgia.
1: <laughs> 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 I was like, when I was, was graduating, you know, I, I, I'm leaving, and I've
2: never back.
1: <laughs> but it took the journey, <laughs> it's the truth, though, um, it, it took the journey of coming back to myself and appreciating um, everything that went into creating this life and um, all the efforts of those around me. And um, that's where the stories that I take oftentimes come from.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Yeah. I was in Georgia many years ago. In the oh, yeah? I was in Atlanta, yeah, for three weeks. Yeah. I do and like it. 86, and <laughs> um, it was my first time ever to visit America, so it was, you know, I, you know, it's not so much that I noticed, oh, I'm in Georgia, it was like, I'm in America, <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, so it was, you know, the cliché, oh, the cars are huge, uh, yeah. just everything was different, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was... Uh, yeah, it was, I didn't actually go into, I was outside the perimeter, you know, did they still have that in Georgia, That this road that's around, ring road around the outside of, uh, not Georgia, in Atlanta. The Atlanta, yes. So I was beyond the perimeter, so mm-hmm. yeah, it was kind of, I, I was training for this camera stuff for animation, We mm-hmm. pretty much spent the three weeks in a dark room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> didn't really get out much, yeah. But I was mad into fencing at the time you know, with swords, and uh, I brought my fencing gear with me, and I did find a fencing club in, in Atlanta, and I used to drive (laughs) in in the evenings and and fence there, Um, and the closest I got to Atlanta. (laughs) Well, that sounds fun. The city, you know, the city, yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: Yeah, well, you know, to people in the city, I live far away from Atlanta. I'm like, you know, to tell someone, oh, I'm in McDonough, oh, that's so
2: far. Yeah. (laughs) Not that far, but, (laughs) but okay. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, Okay, right, James Gerald over on the Art and BS podcast. If you don't know James, James um, has this podcast, and I was on his podcast recently, so if you want to go and have a listen to that episode, it's fantastic, of course, for what I'm on. Well, James' podcast is very good, too. Anyway, James' question is, who was the first black woman to inspire you?
2: Hmm, good
1: question. The first black woman to inspire me? my mom <laughs> that would be the answer there um my mother has been someone that i have admired she has a lot of skills and um you know she's always well for much of her life she's been an independent employee so she or a self-employed so i always admired you know that entrepreneurial type um mindset and spirit and um she is wonderful with um connecting with people and you know building relationships making people feel good (laughs) and optimistic and my mom is a dreamer so i know that i got that from her giving myself the license to dream of a life that is beyond what's in front of me, um, so that would, yeah. My mom. Is
0: that
2: a good answer? Or is he like yeah. an artist?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he does. I think he does whatever you are <laughs> going to say. Very good. Um, so you had a post. I don't know if it's still there, but you had a post on your Instagram with your son. And it's sort of, I can't remember what it said exactly because it's not there anymore, but it sort of said something along the lines of, because I am the mother of a black son, or something along those lines. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Yeah. And, And, pardon?
1: I'm thinking vaguely, yes, I know
0: what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, so I found that very moving when I saw it. And I just wanted to ask you about the, you know, what's, where are you with or can you talk a little bit about the whole Black Lives Matter thing? It, it's kind of similar to me asking uh, uh marriage Song," about Asian hate. You know, basically mm-hmm. me <laughs> here in Ireland. And, you know, I'm sort of seeing things in the...
1: Right. Uh, on, uh,
0: I'm getting a second-hand account of it. But what is... what is, What... Can you... Could you explain a bit more about it or, you know, talk about So I it? think...
1: I think the post you're referencing was um, one of those Facebook temporary posts where you can, like, put a picture in, and they, they give you a frame, and it gives you the text the
2: uh, okay
1: put the frame. And um And, yeah, I think that's what it was. And it was in the wake of uh, a police shooting, and I think it was a police shooting. I cannot remember right now, unfortunately, because there have been so many accounts of um yeah. Young black men and children lose, you know losing their lives um so I don't remember if it was during the time of um tamir rice or whom whose life was lost at that time, but I do yeah. remember feeling like um it was a personal hit <laughs> it was just, yeah. I mean, just that because I think about. My son, and, and I'm trying to kind of go back to that uh, that mindset or, or that post because I, I, again, honestly, I don't remember which one it, it was, but I think I was thinking about my son and um, raising him to know how to handle situations, and raising him to be aware of what's happening in the world around us, and having to explain things. And it is a hard conversation, and it is unfortunate that anyone has to have that sort of conversation. I think, you know, you talk about um, Black Lives Matter, and we talk about um, the acts of hatred towards um, Asian Americans. All of this stuff is absurd. It really is, And, and it's just... It's heartbreaking that what I always say is like life is fragile enough. The last thing we need is to hurt each other and to you know cause additional pain and and heartache um on this already very fragile life um so anyway that's and i I try to and I think about like okay, how do I want to talk about these issues, how do I want to address these issues? And so that's part of what I approach in some of the artwork as well. Um, yeah. And pulling in uh, the images of people from various times, but also creating that universal connection with those prints and patterns. Like you remember, you were there. You remember when this print was out, right? You remember that <laughs> time period? This was where my family was. Where were you? You know, and why are we here now? And how can we get to a better place? So I, I hope that um, as I evolve, I can better um, articulate through the art a message that hopefully resonates with people. Because I like to believe that most of us are good, right? And I like to believe that most of us want the best. But we cannot deny the things that are out there the systems that are already in place that have not served everyone in the community well
0: yeah so is it like are you concerned like for your sons and your husband, and just generally like when they leave the house you know what's what's it like um
1: i <laughs> it's it's funny not funny right now I think that with the issue of guns in general, um, it's like the level of concern and the appearance of the concern shifts from week to week. You know, so we've had a number of those instances that I'm sure you guys have seen in the news, where people are, you know, shooting, you know, road rage, so they'll shoot at the other vehicle, things like that happening across the country. Um, so it's and you know, we all have a short attention span, right? So it's <laughs> like one week
2: it's
1: your concern, um about the issues of being black in America. Then another week you're just concerned about being in America like in general. <laughs> 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 I mean, I don't know. Um so but yes, I I I am probably more concerned about not the day to day but the overall their overall understanding of how things are set up um, and how to maneuver through the system until it's fixed to be able to live a life, the life that we want to live, the life in peace, you know, um, and I, that may not, at least today, you know, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Um, so it seems like is it that, you know, with all these different things that are happening, is is it getting better or are people just becoming more aware of, of things they weren't aware of before? It's very hard to know, like certainly from Ireland, it's very hard to know, um, <laughs> you know, is are things getting better or are things just becoming more, they're just more highlighted now?
1: Are you referring to in, in terms of race relations? Yeah. Um. I don't know. I think it depends on what your definition of getting better is. And I think, like this, <laughs> these are the types of things that I try to explore in, in my reading and try to get a better understanding of myself. Um. So in one person's mind, you know, looking back, and I'm thinking about, um, like, my grandmother's generation. What would better have been, right? Um, but then you springboard to now. It's The problems that still exist are embedded in a system that never was corrected, right? So – in that sense, no, it's not. <laughs> because, <laughs> because certain things should not be a problem. It should not be a problem, and I think this is related to race, I think this is related to gender issues. I think it's, I mean, it, it shouldn't be a problem for one person trying to do a simple task. Um, any more than it's a problem for another person trying to do a simple task. Um, but unfortunately, you know, putting race into the equation, our history makes things a problem, and our lack of addressing and redressing um, history makes things a problem. Um, and I think it's important to understand context. If we try to just look at things from the surface, like, okay, well, from here to here, yes, it's you know, this is different so it's better, right? But we have to look at the context of um, how things are evolving. Why have they not why is the system set up to not be in favor of a particular group? Um and then at what point are we going to deal with that? I don't know. It's a lot to unpack there, I think, and it's it's really hard to just um give a blanketed statement. But I I try to be optimistic about all things. <laughs> Otherwise what's the point? And I think that that is just a great task that we are given as a society and as a human race to get to a place where we truly um are working to make a better society for everyone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you Um, Do you find it hard not to be angry all the time? Now, the reason I'm asking you is, just putting it in my own context, right? So, I'm Irish, right? And Mm -hmm. um, normally, you know, I don't think about it too much. But if I'm talking to someone from England and I get a whiff of that kind of patronizing... Thing that English people can have towards Irish people. Suddenly, mm-hmm. I um, feel myself getting very angry, <laughs> and I think it's like you know, seven, eight hundred years of oppression from the uh, English people. It's coming to the surface, and suddenly, you know, I'm, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I, there's a, like a generational thing behind me of you know um, all the people who were oppressed for mm-hmm. all those years I can feel it you know Um so I can just thinking about that for me, and like normally that kind of thing wouldn't bother me at all but even if I see it on the telly or something like that you know I'll get <laughs> suddenly yeah. I'll, I'll feel you know quite an- annoyed about it you know um so do you have something like that as well like do you and how do you and if you do how do you deal with it
1: um i I think it's certainly more acute whenever something tragic happens unfortunately you know yeah um i hate that but it's the truth um and it's heartbreaking do i have a sense of anger no, because I find that does not serve me well. Um, anger in the sense that I, I hate and I'm angry about um, injustice that's done to anyone. Um, but my mind is more, it goes more to um, solving problems. Um and I'm honestly a more of a, I, I oftentimes think, am I more uh, flight or, or fight?
2: <laughs> Which one am I? Um, well,
0: there's three. There's
2: fight, flight, and freeze. So,
1: oh, is that right?
2: Hmm. I had to think about that one.
1: <laughs> but even if you freeze, eventually you have to do something, right?
0: Um,
1: so, um,
2: right? You have to. Well, something the, the, freeze,
0: the freeze response is like playing possum. You know, it's a version of that. So you're sort of hoping that the, whatever it is that you are either considering fighting or running away from, that it, won't, that it will decide that you're not a threat and it will just go away.
1: So that's a temporary
0: flight. Uh, well, no, it's like people get stuck in one of those three things. They'll get stuck in fighting all the time, they'll get stuck in running away, or they can get stuck in freeze.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well... I don't know. I, I think I am more I'm more of like, okay, what are we going to do here? Um, that's that's usually where I end up landing <laughs> with things.
2: Um,
1: do I, I have been angry at systems. Um, I have not, in my experience, I have not had an, a direct experience where I felt that level of anger or hatred towards an individual, Um, but I have seen how um, perhaps a system maybe presents itself to um, put either me or someone I love in a not-so-great position and then I feel that rising up, as you call it, Um, Mm. that that defensiveness, that's probably a a better word. so, a case, a small example, when we moved to Georgia from North Carolina, my kids were um, all pretty young, I think, third, second, third grade, and first grade, no, kindergarten and preschool. So, the two that were in second and third grade, um, they were going to new elementary school. So, when I went to the school to register them, they immediately we're putting them in the remedial classes, which is the lower level classes. Um, sight unseen, right? And, um, well, they saw me and signed them up, and you know, no assessment or, or anything like that.
2: Right, yeah. No
1: school records. And so I, being in education, I don't even remember what was said or how I, I knew that's what it was. I asked it. The principal about it was like, oh, well, you know, whenever we have someone coming in from out of state, that's what we typically do. You know, so I had to push back on that, and um, then they put them in um, the regular classes, and then over the year, again, with me being in education and being able to advocate for them, um, they were ultimately placed in the gifted classes, which why do I have to be there to advocate (laughs) for the best education for my kids? Right. Like, and I think about someone who maybe didn't have that vantage point of being an educator to do that. I've seen that happen in various ways. I've seen, um, you know, even career wise, I've seen things that have happened for me and um, it's, I get, it's upsetting. It's certainly annoying, but I'm more like, okay, so what are we going to do? Yeah. And I try to be a little bit more um, strategic and direct about how I handle things. I try not to get too caught up in in an idea. I want to deal with the problem directly. So in terms of Being angry all the time. um, For me, I don't know that... That wouldn't serve me in terms of being able to deal with matters properly. You have to keep... uh, For me, I have to keep a level head. I have to be in a space where I can um, articulate and advocate and do whatever needs to be done. And and even educate at times. um, So that we can get... The results we want and yeah. is it fair is it fortunately no is it good no but what am i gonna do <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs>
1: and i trust yeah. too that um you know I, i'm very spiritual and i trust that everything i need and that i need to help others will be will be provided um you know, even in my experience in, as as an educator, I have not that hasn't been like a walk in the park either. But, um, you know, look at where I am now. You know, opportunities doors that are open, they are beyond what any one person um, is able to keep from me. And so, I will keep advocating for others in the ways that I can. And, um, I don't know, we'll just try to do what's right and what's
0: good. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, Just listening to you talk, I realize I've got the luxury to be annoyed because we're on the other side of it, you know, like we got independence in the 1920s, you know, so... I've got a whole nation behind me who are equally <laughs> angry because we're all free, you know? We're all like, Yeah, well, we got rid of them, we kicked them out. Like, right, of course we can be, right. of course we can be annoyed at them now, you know? And it's over such small things. I mean, I know up the north of Ireland it's still, you know, we're still working out the final wrinkles there, but it's, you know, it's not a, I'm in a, I'm in a completely different situation to you.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, and that's, where that <laughs> I've seen so many examples of where you just you have to be aware of um you know what will best serve you. Yeah. And um and what would best serve the situation. Um because losing your your level headedness is <laughs> no. Um, no
2: no.
0: <laughs> I've got that as of- I, I have the I have those generations behind me of of that. I know I'm very familiar with that. Of like, just get through this situation, and, and you know, I, I can. When you're talking, I can. I resonate with that for sure.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What um, shape? You said you're very spiritual. What shape does your spirituality take? An uh, oval. <laughs> no. <laughs> Aha, Just what I thought. Oval Aryan.
1: <laughs> no, I just had to. That was funny. Um
2: <laughs>
1: Uh because of uh just my upbringing in general, I I am a Christian. Um now I am not <laughs> probably I don't believe everything everybody believes. Um so I am you know, I believe in God and love, and I believe in um, loving others, and all of those things. I'm not a religious person, um, right. if that makes sense. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I say that because I think my journey with art has been spiritual, you
2: know. Oh, yeah. And, in what way?
1: Well... The way art opened up to me it it required of me to give of myself and to kind of uh, do some reflection and um, uh, healing and it was a like you know I had to trust the process and um, I heard an instructor say this to another group I went to a workshop and I think it was for undergraduate students and um the individual leading the workshop was talking to all the other students and he said something and I was like, that's so true. He was like, you have to get you right, your insides right before you can really take on this art journey. Um, and I was like, at least that was true for me. You know, I, um, I at the time where I really started to embark upon um, my career as an artist and my work as an artist. I, I had a lot of healing to do, both from things dealing with um, 9/11, a previous marriage, um, disappointment in career and life in general, <laughs> um, having feeling like I had to start life over again twice, um, that sort of thing. So it it was a it was a journey and a process, and um, I. I had to, I, you know, I had to cling to art (laughs) for, to work through all of that and to get to where I am. And so I still kind of cling to it. So I, I consider painting as my form of worship. Um, it's, so it's more to me than just, um, you know, just something I do. Um, it's a big part of who I am.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. So someone's listening to this, they're like, oh, okay, I've got to get myself right. Well, number one, <laughs> how do you know you're not right? And then what do you do to get yourself right?
1: Well, just that whole, when I said that, and I was paraphrasing, I'm not sure if that's exactly how he said it, but just that whole um, loving yourself thing and being in touch with yourself and knowing yourself and not having a part of yourself that is shut off from you because it's maybe too painful to approach being vulnerable. um, I mean, like you really gotta be vulnerable to be honest and to put it out there and um, to allow others to have opinions about it. So, um, and to be honest enough to pain about something. Because one of the things I have to be honest about, some of the things I paint about, I don't know that I'm fully, like, I'm building the language to talk about, but I don't know that I fully understand some of these topics. But as I'm painting, that is me delving deeper into each of these topics, these narratives, and to bring it out because I think it's important, so maybe it's important to someone else, you know? Um, And... So that's the first part. Like, how do you know? That's what I mean by um, not right. your <laughs> quotes. Um, how do you get there? So for me, my journey, and I know a lot of us done this too. The artist's way. Are you familiar with that book? Yep. <laughs> so that was a big part of it. I, I I really did that. I did a lot of counseling too. Um, I remember. <laughs> At one point, I was going to a counselor, um, and it was so funny because I would take my kids um, when I had to go to the appointment because I had to leave right after work, and they went to school at the school that I taught at. So I'd go to the counselor's office right after, and they'd sit in the lobby. They never really knew what I was there for, but, you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> take some books and sit in the lobby. But um, I would go in, and we'd talk, and I was just like, I, I feel like I'm losing my mind, like, i see myself, I want to paint, and I'm trying to build this career. I just want to be an artist, and I don't know what to do. And I was living in Warner Robins, a small town. And um, she's like, have you considered showing your work outside of Warner Robins? (laughs) Like, (laughs) no. (laughs) But, you know, that's a lighthearted thing that we talked about. But um, just talking it through with someone was very helpful. Um, yeah. And it helped me to hold up a mirror to myself, my soul, and, and see, you know, who I was working with. And, and it helped me to learn to be a lot more gentle with myself and loving towards myself and trusting myself again, trusting my judgment um, to know I'm not crazy. <laughs> so,
2: you know, um,
1: and it, it, that's actually what I called a friend and said after uh, I found out on the Bennett Friday. and I got back home, I called a good friend of mine, Brent, and I was like, I'm not crazy. <laughs> She's like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so those types of things. Healing, I think, is important in general. Being healed and being healthy and um, being at peace with your past, being at peace with your present. All of those good things that we hear people talk about, and it's like, oh, but it's so much work. Those things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that loving yourself thing, that, that's a lot of work.
1: <laughs> it is a lot of work. And then actively yeah. doing it because I never,
0: realized
2: –
1: go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, I was going to say it never ends as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was like... And then I realized um, today, because I was going through some of my old journaling, like, I haven't been – I haven't taken myself out on, like, an artist date in a long time. What is that about? (laughs) So now (laughs) I'm trying to figure out what did I want to do. Um, So, yeah.
0: Very good. So, to paraphrase if I've got it right, um, to not turn away from the uncomfortable bits on the inside and to sort of recognize that you might have uncomfortable parts of yourself that you've... Um, If you weren't going to be an artist, you could possibly avoid, (laughs) but if you're going to be an artist, no, you're going to have to get into them. That's right. And then um, to know that through that exploration and that vulnerability, that that's where your good art is going to come
1: from. That is, I love the way you said that because, yeah, you might be able to get away with it being something else, but if you're going to be an artist, it's not going to let you hide. It's gonna come out somehow. <laughs> that and and I like the way you phrased that.
0: Great, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, I well, mean, it's would gonna you agree? A, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard for me to think about that objectively because I kind of would have done that anyway. Yeah. Um, because that's just kind of who I am. Um, but yeah, I think yes. I from talking to lots of other artists, yeah, it's it's. It's it's kind of counterintuitive because it's like it's the uncomfortable stuff that you you understandably would be like oh I don't want to get into that stuff because yeah that's very unpleasant but that's actually the stuff that's going to fuel your art so it's actually in that's your right. interest to get into it and mm-hmm. to work through it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what I think.
0: Great. Okay, glad we got that sorted out. <laughs>
1: and the whole oval religion thing I like
0: <laughs> yeah Being an or obalist. oval
1: spirit yeah ovalist I like that
0: <laughs> <laughs> um right Valeria Cordy Cray on Instagram says questions one how is winning the Bennett Prize how has winning the Bennett Prize changed your approach to your art she's got three questions so we, we do them one at a time
2: um
1: It is a huge encouragement to keep going and to go deeper. You know, Um, I think so. It has encouraged me and and, um, it it fuels me to work harder um, and to keep going to see where this goes. Not that I would have stopped otherwise, but this is like, it's like someone saying, Hey, we see what you're doing. Great stuff. As a matter of fact, we want to help you keep doing it. So you know, and to do more of it, so I'm leaning into that, and i'm I am definitely um I'm devoting myself to it,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah uh what had just side since we're talking about uncomfortable stuff, did you notice any pushback from that of like you know after you got back and all settled and it began to sink in? that there were parts of you that were quite disturbed by that encouragement because it was so new, like that magnitude of encouragement.
1: Oh, no, not at all. (laughs) As a matter of fact, no, no. no. I made up in my mind uncomfortable stuff. I'm going to just embrace it because for me to have the art life that I dream of, that I want, I have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. So when, um, you know, the – Maybe, uh, probably the most unfamiliar feelings were just the inquiries, uh, the, you know, media inquiries. And this was even as a finalist. So, um, that was new. So I said to myself, I'm not going to shy away from that. So, high functioning introvert or not, (laughs) we gotta
2: figure this out.
1: And we have to rise to the occasion. And that's what I, You know, and I constantly remind myself with my affirmations, like, I am enough, and I have been preparing my whole life for the moment that I'm in, and it's fine. So you just go forward. So like even today, you know, the technology stuff, it's fine. Everything's fine.
2: (laughs) You just go forward. (laughs) And we just keep going.
0: Brilliant. (laughs) Question number two. Uh, what do you think is the attraction in your art?
1: So, based on the feedback that I've received, which I, again, I love the feedback, is um, that feeling of something familiar that uh, people take away from the work, um, and the recognizing um, the familiar images. Whether or not it's like someone that's recognizable, but the familiarity of it all. So I think that's it. because we like comfort, right? We like to know. Like we like to be able to relate. We all really just want to be able to relate and connect with one another. Um. So I think that's it. I think you know, and I'm open to being wrong.
0: Yeah. now that sounds good. Sounds right to me. Um. Our question question three from Valeria how do you discipline yourself to paint um,
1: so the discipline came in from other things like I said I've I've always had to as long as I've been teaching I've had to work multiple jobs because it's just teachers don't your get paid
2: enough <laughs> <But> <laughs> um
1: so I one of the uh, things I had to do was I'll um, I always had to get up early in the morning. So whether I was transcribing medical reports or teaching kids overseas to speak English, it was an early morning (laughs) endeavor. Um, So when I committed to um, a certain amount of time to work on my art some years back, I made the commitment that that time that I would typically use during whatever that job was, I'm going to give that time to my art now. Um, so, and also knowing the demands of the day, um, that sometimes they can, they can exceed the number of hours that are available. It's, I just found it to be prudent to, to get up early. So I try to start around 4.30 high and, um, just go straight to the studio, have a cup of coffee, go straight to the studio and paint. And then, um, you know, now, especially, uh, being full time, being able to devote that time at least until lunchtime. I've already got in, you know, a good few hours and if I can do more, that's great. Um, but it's I just determined that it's that important to me. If something's important, you you know, it's not enough to say it's important, you have to act like it's important. So um, that's where my discipline And also the motivation to do well for not just for me, but for my family, um, for my kids, um, for my husband, for my my parents, my grandmother. You know, so many of my family members that have been supportive of me for so long. For my students who've never seen a a real, you know, an actual artist and and what that looks like. Um, I have I have enough motivators in my life that there's no reason for me to stop and say, uh, you know what, it's <laughs> not that important, but, <laughs> but that won't happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's 4.30, I think I'll turn over. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm
1: not um, saying that won't happen every now and again, but,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um,
2: but, yeah.
0: So, so before the Benet Prize, like, you sound at 4.30 or five. And how much would you get done? Like, when would you have to sort of stop doing that and go to the So,
1: next thing? yeah, I, uh, I would, ha- during the school year, I had to be at work by 745. So, it took me, and I, I had it kind of down to a, you know, science hmm. here. So, it took me about 20 minutes to get to work. So, I figured if I stop at seven and give myself enough time to just kind of, get out the door, and sometimes I go out the door with smudges of paint on my face. Every now and again, I take a canvas with me to work. <laughs> 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 I don't know, whatever it took. Um, and, um, yeah, so that's what I would do. And then um, in the afternoon, I would, uh, if I could, come home and paint. But then, you know, there would be t- days where I have to maybe take someone to something. something. my husband's super supportive, so he might send me a text at works like, I picked up dinner so you don't have to, so you can paint today. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thanks, great. Um, so that's sort of thing. But you know, of course, if you get up early, you can't stay up late. So I don't typically stay up too late, um, and I try to listen to my body. when When she's tired, we're pretty much done.
0: Yeah. So to get up at four thirty, what time are you going to bed at? <laughs>
1: Um, It would not be out of the ordinary for me to go to bed around seven thirty.
0: Oh, okay. And
1: when I say go to bed, that means start the going to bed process,
2: <laughs> ascending, <laughs>
1: you know, ascending the stairs. <laughs>
0: ascending, I like that. Yes. Yeah, that's it. I'm never walking up the stairs again. I'm going to ascend the stairs from now on. <laughs> do you descend uh, the stairs as well? I actually do. <laughs> oh, of course. That's brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so you start the process of going to bed and ascending the stairs.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so, yeah, so um, yeah, I
1: don't know. But that's roughly around the time I usually go to bed, 730. My, my phone does not ring past that time unless, you know, something really pressing. Stephen
0: Bennett. Telling you, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs>
2: most people know. Oh, to sleep.
0: <laughs> yeah. So okay, you start making moves towards going to bed mm-hmm. at seven thirty. well what time do you actually
1: fall asleep? Get
0: to go asleep at?
1: I don't know. It may be around. It may be
0: eight
1: thirty. Yeah. Um, but as long as. Jared, here's my theory. It
0: takes theory. me about an
1: hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to also say, here's my theory. Um, You know how when you're asleep, you're asleep, right? But when you lay down and you're resting, you know, you have knowledge of your resting. And that's easily yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, tell them to get it, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, that to me is just as good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's some pretty amazing. Yeah, no, I'm a night time person, going to bed that early. I think I was put to bed as a child too much, so I kind of rebel. Mm-hmm. I've got a big part of me that rebels about going to bed. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: And see, I'm you know, probably I, the opposite of everyone in my household that I grew up with, like my parents and my siblings. I think they're all night owls.
0: Yeah. All right. Were you put to bed as a child? Like, were you? Did you have a bedtime? You've got to go to bed now.
2: I doubt it, but I don't. I don't think so. I don't know. You know
0: I've got. I've got a sort of working theory that people who are like me, who are kind of rebellious, they were put to bed. Like I can remember being put to bed at seven thirty when i was a kid like i would have been eight or nine you know and like in the summer in ireland it's broad daylight at seven thirty. 30. you know i remember lying there wide awake going i hate my life right now <laughs> i want to be out in the garden playing you know so i think i'm still working through that issue
1: well maybe my kids will feel that way i don't put them to bed though i always okay. feel good before they do um so maybe they'll i don't know what they'll do they'll figure it out
0: <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, this is a slightly random question. I kind of think of this as a kind of a Mission Impossible question. This is from Audrey Adams on Instagram, and it's it's very Mission Impossible. Like it says, ask colon. Your subject is a woman in a hair bonnet. What background for her would you choose, bedroom or airport, and why? Dun, dun,
1: dun. <laughs> That's funny. Bedroom or airport. Why? So I'm assuming that this question stems from the whole discussion of hair <laughs> bonnets in the airport. Um,
0: Hang on, what's that?
1: I don't even want to get into it.
0: <laughs> no, really, I, I, thought, I, didn't, I didn't get this at all. I thought maybe I'm, I'm completely misunderstood this. Question. Maybe it's not random, maybe it's very meaningful. <laughs>
1: I don't know how meaning I mean, I I think it, it has a point it has a place and it has a point. Um, but it's bringing like a, a more um uh, local conversation to a broader audience. So I I and so I don't know, um kind of tongue in cheek. But it
0: just what's a, what's a hair bonnet?
1: So it's like something a, a lot of women put on their heads to sleep in at night. So to protect the hair.
0: Right? Okay.
1: So there
0: Maybe we, maybe I should get one.
1: <laughs> I don't use one when I go to sleep. I just break you know, maybe pull my hair back and go to sleep on the pillow. But whatever. Um so there was a discussion of um women wearing hair bonnets in public at the airport. And I think um one of the um an actor made a comment about it, and so I saw it on social media. See, I'm a little bit knowledgeable of things that are going on out there. Um,
2: <laughs> More than me,
1: <laughs> And so I was kind of like, okay, you know, and I, I kind of moved on. So if, if in fact, this question is related to that, which I hope it is now, because otherwise I sound like I'm just rambling about something, but um,
2: I would say...
0: No, it must be, because why would they say airport? I mean, it sounds like it's exactly what it is. Yeah. Is it the race question as well? It is.
2: It is, yeah.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah. Right, okay. I was being way too flippant there. <laughs> now I'm much more... Okay, right.
1: So and I would then, certainly say the bedroom. Um. I I don't... I. You know what? I probably wouldn't even paint a bonnet on a woman, because one of the things that... Um, some years ago, when I started painting... Images of people in my family. I sent out an email to everyone. I was like, "Hey guys, just so you know, um, I'm officially an artist. So
2: <laughs>
1: I love painting images of my family in in my artwork. So if you don't mind, I would really love to. Um, I may periodically pull pictures of you and and have you in a painting. I promise it will always be respectful and something that you know is it reflects well." On you as an individual and on the family so with that in mind I would probably never paint a picture of someone with a bonnet in an airport or in a living room and that is my final answer
0: right now can you explain (laughs) to me <laughs> Can you explain what the controversy, or was it a controversy, or what was? Did someone take a- 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 exception to it, or? And what, well, like, what does it matter what somebody wears?
1: I I don't know enough about this discussion to really talk about it. Let's start there Right. But for the sake of the conversation, um, it, and I think it was Monique, who's an actor and comedian. Um, if Monique has a last name. I don't know what it is. She made a comment about uh, black women in particular wearing hair bonnets uh, in public places such as the airport and it being inappropriate. I never listened to it. I just, I like read through. If I see an article and I see like a headline multiple times, I might read through it. So I read that. So I think that's what that is in reference to. Um,
2: Oh okay,
1: yeah, and it's just oh, okay. it's just about you know that not reflecting well um, on on those women, so
2: right okay, all right, I know
0: <laughs> well, good answer, good on you yeah. <laughs> um right, now that's really. Well, look, that's me not knowing what's going on, or just being completely unaware. Because if you don't know what's going on, it does sound like a mission impossible question. <laughs> when you do know what's going on, it's what yeah you the way you answered it. So good for you. <laughs> um, now, uh, if there's one, if there was one main underlying theme to all your work, what do you think it would be? Okay. Context. Mm-hmm. Okay, good.
1: That's one of my favorite words. And I, I love the phrase. We were watching some movie or a show, and the line was context is king. And I love that. And um, I try to think about that in whatever I do. So, context.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, I could think about that for a good while. If <laughs> one could. <laughs> um, now the art business comes up regularly on the podcast mm-hmm. how has that been for you galleries, selling paintings, Instagram social media, all that kind of thing how have you gone with all of that
1: well I had to make it a point to decide, I, you know make a decision to learn more um, my training as an artist again I could have seen it for so
2: it's rather limited. <laughs> um, I'm laughing
0: every time you say that because I'm like, if you took the scenic route, what what is what does I take? Cause I'm like, I didn't really start painting painting till I was fifty. So uh-huh. what's the what's the longer version of the scenic route? <laughs>
1: I think we both did right. <laughs> I mean, it's just a, yeah. a longer,
2: a longer road. Maybe yeah. I, I think know. I took
0: the scenic route. Then I stopped and camped for a while. <laughs> then I moved on, <laughs> camped again. Right, Sorry, <laughs> but no. Um, so what I was going to say
1: was, like, in terms of painting, it, it I was thinking about this the other day. I took one formal in-person painting class, right? And then uh, you know, nowadays things are so great. You have like. Everything at, at your fingertips. Um, and then I worked for a while with what I knew that, from that um, and probably used some other online resources. And um, and then eventually I built up enough to put together a portfolio for graduate school. Now, grad school is great, but even in that, you know, there, of course there are gaps in the whole art business. Side of things, right? So I had to do a lot of um, work to learn things that I did not learn. And that's kind of tricky. It's like, how do you know what you don't know? Um, yeah. So I talked about listening to books, I found books on art business. There was a topic in it I didn't understand, um, reading a little bit more. And in grad school, there were some books that they recommended that, that were helpful Listening to other people talk about their their relationships with art and business. And then, of course, there are artists that I've heard from that have said things like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't like to deal with business. Well, you know, like this, you have to. <laughs> um, because I think, you know, particularly during the pandemic, the model changed so much. Um, and I personally don't have, like, formal gallery representation at this time. So over the years, the compromise for me when I made a decision that I was going to commit to art was it had to it had to help where those jobs that I had before once filled in the gaps. It had to help with that. So how do you begin selling your work? Um, and my husband, I have to give him credit. He came in and really pushed me out there because he would come when we were dating. He'd take pictures of my artwork and then go to work and show it to people and come back and ask me how much something was. So I had to learn about those things. Um, So the process, not easy, um, not organic per se, but I have just embraced the hard and have been working to learn things, um, learn more about the art business itself, learning more about business in general, learning more about, and I'm still learning, there's still a lot a lot to, to learn, and there have been many times I wish that a guy would, would just rescue me Hey, <laughs> we'll handle all of this for you, don't worry. But it hasn't happened, so, <laughs> so what yeah. you do you do? You learn to post on social media and try to figure out things to talk about that are interesting, and you learn to engage your audience, and you learn to, um, how to, you know, engage with collectors. And But what I've at the root of all of that what made it easier is that i just love people and i love meeting people and as long as that's your core you know whatever comes from that it works out it tends to work out
0: yeah that's great that's really good yeah brilliant what do you think Uh, about
1: art business and all of that
0: yeah, personally, I don't engage in it myself that much. Not mm-hmm. not at all, really. Um, but I talk to a lot of people who have, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who have, and it's every kind of story under the sun. Um, and it seems like, you know, it's a cha- it's such a changing thing. You know, it's like you know, it'd be like talking to somebody, um, in two thousand. And saying, "How do you get a record deal?" You know, it's like mm-hmm. sort of, it, that is a, that is a, in such flux that right. you couldn't definitively say how you do anything. You know, and it feels like that's the way it is now. Yeah. And as you say, that 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 change has just accelerated uh, in the pandemic. Yeah. And um, So even if a gallery did say to you, "Oh, we'll handle all that," from everything I've heard, they probably won't. You yeah, probably go. Right. I'm actually better at social media than you guys are.
1: <laughs> and, and that is one thing I found about myself. I am so, even in areas that I know I'm growing in, I still know how I want things, right? <laughs> so I, I'm i very much like, okay, no, because I tried to get my daughter to help me one time, you know, teenagers. So she's like, yeah, just say um, girl ball. I was like, no, I'm not saying that.
2: Girl <laughs> balls.
1: Girl boss, it's like a it's, oh, like, girl
0: boss. Okay, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Sorry. It's a
1: trendy phrase that um, I guess I don't know. Um, that's a lightweight example, but you know, it's just still yeah. knowing being authentic is important to me. And even if it's a matter of me still growing into my own authenticity, it's still important to me. And so I don't right. want to do say uh, misrepresent myself. In any way that would not be true to who, who I am.
0: Yeah, that's very good. Very good advice. <laughs> so, what sort of price range are your paintings selling for at the moment?
1: Um. So the larger for me, which are usually the forty-eight by sixty. Well, no, 36 by 48. They're usually selling for um, about around ten thousand, and then it goes up to slightly larger ones. The smaller pieces I have, which are, um, I think, 16 by 20, around a thousand. So, yeah, that's where I am, and um, yeah, we're continuing to grow from there.
0: Yep, great. And have you um, developed a, you know, you're growing a bunch of collectors. I'm sure that's the wrong collective term for collectors. A bunch <laughs> of collectors, but you know, your group of collectors. Have you um, started to really develop a relationship with them now, and an understanding of what collectors are about and what? I'm
1: authorities. Yeah. Yes, authorities. Yes, a good. <laughs> Word, I'm learning um again with everything my mindset is relationship at first we like getting to know people and understand them but I think that you know that that is also a new world for me understanding um I love hearing the stories behind collectors why they started you know and um what they're looking for and in the work that they're collecting, I think that's fascinating, and I've even <laughs> I've even tried to encourage some people to you know consider being like a committed collector. Um, but yes, I am starting, and that, so that's new. But I love it; I absolutely love it.
0: Yeah, yeah, because it's a whole other thing. I mean, um, artists are you know you got a bunch of artists together, and they can just talk forever. Yeah. <laughs> as you have found of the the bennett Price, you know and they're just into all these stuff about making art but the collector mindset is quite different it's it's a it's a it's a different thing it mm-hmm. seems like to me anyway they're you know they are they are kind of artists who don't paint that's exactly how them. i look at it
2: mm-hmm. yeah
1: that's it that's exactly how i look at it i mean being a collector is such a creative thing Pursuit endeavor, um, even and especially even thinking about um, like the collectors at this point, they have a focus in the work that they collect, um, and they have a method of how they go about finding thread work. Um and they have a motivation behind the work they do. It's everything that artists is. I know it's everything that I am, right? I have a motivation, yeah. I have a focus. <laughs> and so um
2: it's
1: when you look at it that way, it's like we're we're a lot more alike than different. We're just serving a a, a different side of the same page. Um yeah. in a way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um When you think about all the paintings that you've made so far, is there one that stands out for you that was particularly moving for you to make? I'm
2: thinking. Hold on.